the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Studio A, he's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are on, uh, hunkered down in the Northern California bunker, somewhere in the mountains, looking at these beautiful Trinity Alps, wondering, boy, how can I get up there this week to go fishing? How you doing? Welcome. It's a Wednesday evening. Good to have you on board. Um, as Jordan mentioned just a moment ago, we are opening phone lines tonight, and I'm going to need your help. Uh, kind of a straw poll of sorts, uh, looking for some intel on what your worship was like the week after Easter. All right, that's that's what I'm looking for. So if you've if you've got an experience you'd like to share with us this evening, I would love to hear from you. Triple eight F O R K F A X eight 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 five six seven five three two nine. And we'll see if we can't get you in here in just a little bit. Uh, Craig Roberts, by the way, um, they have conscripted him to do a closet and basement testing and uh, also uh, gag and rope testing as well. So um, he may be back next week. Depends on how quickly he can get out of the gag and rope, I guess. <laughs> well, then he's got to unlock the door to the closet, too. So anyway, he... <laughs> He will be back next week. He's having fun out there somewhere doing something strange and wonderful, as only Craig can do. My guest tonight, uh, helping me in this little straw poll of mine, is, uh, as I mentioned last night, I am I, a lover of low-hanging fruit. Uh, we can stick with Wanda, and we can find out, you know, the, the various uh, guests that we can have here on the on the radio program. Or I can just go out and grab a bunch of friends and say, hey, come and join me in the sandbox. Let's play for a little bit. And that's what I did. So tonight, Ryan Rippey joins me. He is the president of Cornerstone Bible College and Seminary in Valle. Oh, and also the professor of theology there. He's got a couple of books under his belt as well. And... Uh, all-around good friend and uh, longtime minister of the gospel. Uh, he's going to step in with us here and spend some time talking about theology and why it matters for John and Jane Doe. That's you. Why, why does theology matter? And, and you know, you've, you've probably heard it if you haven't said it yourself. Uh, oh, you know, my creed is the Bible. Nothing but the Bible. Uh, my theology, I just believe in Jesus. Uh, God is love. And we toss these things around as if they're going to be sufficient and succinct for the moment and pass people off and let them go on their merry way without any further ado. And we've escaped any kind of serious conversation or seriously, what I really think we escape is a self-reflection on what we actually believe and why. And so on that note, 
I want to bring in our guest tonight. Ryan joins us again, as mentioned. Uh, we're going to discuss theology and doctrine, and there is a difference. So with that, let's begin, Ryan, with a basic definition of doctrine and theology, because instantly some guys, as you probably well know, you know well, watch your life and doctrine closely, so theology matters. Well, it didn't say watch your life and theology closely, um, watch your life and doctrine closely, but they do go hand in hand. So I want to kind of clear the air on that a little bit, but then also get a couple of working definitions for the rest of this evening. Ryan, welcome to the program. Welcome to my sandbox, brother. Thanks, Andy. It's great to be with you tonight. So theology and doctrine. So doctrine is the teaching of Scripture, simply any teaching. And um, very often, especially as we see the New Testament, the New Covenant, uh, Jesus giving us this uh, teaching through his disciples, doctrine becomes the, the content of knowledge of um, the gospel, as it were, the, the, the faith once for all delivered to the saints. Um, and so when Paul tells Timothy to watch your life and doctrine closely, the teaching, he's, he's talking about, of course, the teaching of Scripture. Now, theology right. is taking those doctrines, synthesizing them, applying them to life, and, and, and theology comes from uh, two Greek words that just mean the study of God. And right. so when I think of theology in summary, I think of John 17.3. This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. And so uh, theology is rooted in the knowledge of God, but because we are New Covenant believers, it's the knowledge of God as revealed in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the, you know, the, the good news of the gospel. This is where we spend our time um, growing and learning, and, and as we behold Christ, in the scriptures, we become like him, as Paul says in Second Corinthians three. Right now, for for practical purposes this evening, and again, um, yeah. I, I really want to make this about our listeners tonight because I, you know, you get the sense more often than not that most people who go to church don't want to they don't want to bother themselves with theology or doctrine for that matter that's a whole nother mm. kettle of fish really but theology well you know that's left for the pastors maybe the elders and and seminaries that teach those guys i i i don't have any use for that and really mm. at the end of the day what they're doing is they're saying i, I i'm going to live my life my way and not god's way aren't they yeah i mean that's right because we know that um, so think about, like, we think of sort of the inerrancy of Scripture or the sufficiency of Scripture, which we're already getting into a, an area of theology, uh, bibliology, the study of the Bible, but so often we disconnect it from the, the so what, how will this help me tomorrow morning when I wake up, when I go to work, when I'm parenting right. my children. Um, and, and so as we are able to make those connections that the, the inerrancy and sufficiency of Scripture really... Um, lead us to relationship with God, because knowing God, having eternal life, is knowing the God that's revealed in Scripture. So, um, Scripture is not, it's not sort of, um, you know, we, we don't, we're not trying to be anti-intellectual, but we think, I, I want to be practical, I want to be pragmatic, I want to do what works. Right. And, um, and I love what Paul says 
you remember when he's talking to the Corinthians and he said, I, when I came to you, I determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified, which is, right. uh, you know, um, Greek's foolishness. Um, but it's interesting there when he mentions that, because he says that Christ is actually the wisdom of God and power of God. And Paul's actually concerned with what works, what's pragmatic, what's going yeah. to stabilize your life, what's going to give you the answers for the Monday mornings is the knowledge of God and the knowledge of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm. So I think it's incredibly important. All right. So for this evening, where where I think we're headed is why theology matters for um, the average guy or gal out there listening to us this evening, culturally, personally, and spiritually. Not necessarily in that order, and we'll probably weave them in and out of one another throughout the evening. But uh, uh, and and again, this is where you, our listener, comes in tonight. If you'll call us at triple eight F O R K F A X, there's an ulterior motive to this straw poll that I've got going on in my own mind, and we'll reveal it as we go on in the evening. But if you want to call us and give us your, I hate using the word experience. Um, the Sunday after Easter. What was the Sunday after Easter like? Uh, and, and and by that, I am assuming that you are taking the connotation that I am asking you to compare the Sunday after Easter with the Sunday of Easter. All right? So, triple eight F O R K F A X. That is the number. I'd love for you to give us a call. Spend some time with Ryan Rippey and myself. Ryan is the president of Cornerstone Bible College Seminary and also a professor of theology there in Vallejo. And he is my guest tonight here on Lifeline. We're going to take a quick time out and go check some traffic and pay some bills. Make sure the lights stay on for the next couple of hours so I'm not playing in the dark. We're off to the KFAX Traffic Center. Mr. Michael Bennett, the guy with his thumb in his ears waving at you. He's got to look at your commute. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. It is Lifeline. Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts this evening. My guest is Ryan Rippey. He is the president of Cornerstone Bible College and Seminary and also the professor of theology uh, there in Vallejo. And, uh, you know, before we get going, Ryan, just a, a brief uh, get get a brief plug into the Bible College and Seminary and Cornerstone and what it's all about. Uh, just so our yeah, listeners sure. know. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, um the Bible College and Seminary uh, was started by a group of local churches here in the Bay Area that wanted to train their leaders uh, and equip them to do the work of ministry. So the Bible College's original name was Grace School of Theology and Ministry, starting in Hercules at Valley Bible Church, and then it moved over to Grace Bible and then landed at Community Bible Church in Vallejo. And the seminary was started in 2004 to continue uh, training at a master's degree level, and since 2007, we've been graduating students every year that pastor all over the Bay Area and Northern California and even missionaries internationally. And so the, the whole heart of our school is to have a pastor-professor model where all of our professors are pastors of local churches here in Northern California, and we want to teach a robustly Christ-centered curriculum so that uh, these shepherds who are graduating from our school and going out and pastoring churches don't just 
um, you know, want to here we're talking about theology. I think this is important. Why it matters is we don't want them to just be brains on a stick. We don't want them just to be filled with a not a lot of knowledge, but rather we want them to actually exposit the word of God and love and shepherd the flock and lay down their lives for the flock in fulfillment of what Jesus yeah, bring light and fire. And uh, yeah. again, like you said, in fact, in fact, uh, sneak peek and uh, spoiler alert, uh, one of you guys, one of your, your members there, uh, faculty staff, Cliff McManus, is going to be joining the KFAX family. In fact, he'll be on tomorrow night here on Lifeline, and we'll be spending some time with Cliff, who's the pastor of Creekside Church in uh, Campbell, I believe, right? Uh, Cupertino. Cupertino. Maybe it was one of those C you know, words. I, yeah. I know, Some, and I don't know the South Bay too well. It all blends together. I grew up in uh, Vallejo. I'm a Vallejo boy, so don't uh, hold that against me. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I, won't. I, I don't think Cliff will either. So, All right, so yeah. that is, uh, that's Cornerstone Bible College, and that's a little bit of background for Ryan as well. You pastored, uh, co-pastored out in Brentwood for years. Um, you're back here uh, in Vallejo again. Uh, God has used you amazingly over the years here in the Bay Area, brother, and uh, just jazzed. Yeah, just jazz that uh, you get to spend an evening here on Lifeline. So why theology matters, again, this is what we're talking about. And part of our discussion tonight is a straw poll that I'm conducting. I'd love to get your input. Triple eight F O R K F A X. If you want to ring us up, we'll uh, we'll pay we'll pay the dime a quarter. Oh, who's who's kidding who? It's 50 cents these days. We, we'll pay for the phone call if you want to give us a call. I would love to get your take on the comparison of Easter service as opposed to the following Sunday. What was your worship like the, the, the week after as opposed to the week of Easter? So you, you, you think that through, give us a call, and uh, we'll take a straw poll. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on all this. And I am going somewhere with it, and we'll get to it in just a little bit. First off, let's start culturally, brother. Why does theology matter from a cultural perspective? And man, I can't think of a better time to start dealing with all this than what we are in the middle of right now. I mean, you only need to turn the news on for five minutes, and... It's just everything's upside down, sideways, and every which way. But loose, it's just crazy out there. Absolutely insane. And everything is moving at breakneck speed to the point that the church, even the church, is being moved along by cultural dictates and mandates rather than their theology and doctrine. So how does how do we practically apply our theology, our understanding of God to what we are seeing going on around us? Well, I mean, in a nutshell, theology is our, our foundation, our grounding, so that we can look at the ups and downs of life, the guilt, the joy, the doubt, the, the suffering, the injustice from a distinctly Christian perspective. And as we are able to, you know, have this grounding in theology and look at the world around us with a distinctly Christian perspective, a.k.a. theology, then what we will have is wisdom to speak to these things. So, for for instance, uh, the Floyd case just uh, ended up, uh, what, yesterday, day before yesterday, 
and and race is a huge issue. We man, you, you're you're darned if you do and darned if you don't. Um, right. No matter where you sit in all this, how can I practically apply my theology to this specific issue? Let's just let's try and get this as nutsy nutsy and boltsy as we can. Sure. Yeah. So I think that um, our theology understanding, you know, Christian teaching and doctrine applied to our lives will give us an idea that, okay, as we look at the George Floyd situation from last year up to the present day and the conviction, um, we will uh, filter what we're receiving through the lens of biblical wisdom. And so we can weep with those who weep. We can love our neighbor. We can um, have a concern for um, justice, God's justice in the world. We can point to uh, true hope in the gospel. We can um, know that there's times to be silent and not speak. Um, and and then also we can rejoice with those who rejoice. And, you know, of course, it's complicated and con- convoluted, and and it's so divisive to our culture right now. But it is you know, if, if we find our identity in Christ rather than our identity in these issues and these controversies, uh, we're going to be on firm theological footing, firm ground. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, um, it, it's, you know, it's this, we're not going to have straw man arguments. We're not going to broad brush things. We're going to be able to speak with clarity, with nuance towards these issues. Uh, when we're discussing them with friends, and we're going to love people who disagree with us because we're seeking unity uh, in the church. Of course, we're kind of blending into uh, the church community, but man, I'm I'm so concerned that our theological community, the church, is gospel formed and not hmm. issue formed. Right? It's not yeah. formed by the headlines, but formed by the the teachings of the scripture concerning the Lord Jesus. And so I I think theology is eminently practical. Does theology play to our, Oh, how should I put it? Our, our, our uh, boldness, our lack of fear when it comes to dealing with these issues, because I know so many in the church these days, they, and I say this kindly and with love, but they lack a backbone to be able to actually stand up for what we are seeing and say in love and in true kindness, hey, that's wrong. Let's fix that. Does theology address this? Yeah, I mean, I think it does because the again um, the the backbone or the grounding is the theology, which then gives us confidence that we know our our assurance of where we're standing is rooted in the teaching of God, not just the the wisdom of man. To put it to put it like in a real simple term is when we're seeking wisdom, do we want to go get wisdom from from men and women in this world or do we want wisdom from God? Right. What's going to give us better grounding in our lives and greater confidence and courage when we have to deal with issues and I know that seems simplistic. It's not simplistic. It's just simply, um, it's simple rather than simplistic, I guess, that when God speaks through his scriptures, he gives us a wisdom that is far beyond anything we can receive in this world. And so, and and we're standing on the shoulders of those who've gone before us. And so this 
theological community of the church has been, you know, passing down this faith once for all handed down to the saints. And, and by studying theology, we don't fall into the same traps that Christian brothers and sisters did in times past. About and other- again, yeah, and again, theology is is simply the study of God or the uh, yeah. working through what He has said and seeking to understand it, and then doctrinally applying it or living it out, getting the getting the imperatives and the indicatives in, in the right order, right? Oh, absolutely right. I mean, that is, you know, think of. Um, this idea of what you said, the indicatives and the imperatives, if we don't understand uh, theology, like, so Ephesians 1, one of the most theologically dense passages in the New Testament, and Paul there is talking about, 14 times at least he says, we are in Christ, and all of the realities that we have in Christ, which is, there we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, and then when he goes into the prayer afterwards, he's telling the church that basically I'm praying that you would have power in your life. I'm praying that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened to understand that you've been given the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. And, and what's amazing is here, he's not saying you study the theology to get that. You already have it because you've been united to Christ. That's the indicative. Now you can live out, verse 19, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? Oh, and by the way, it's resurrection power, verse 20, when Christ was raised from the dead and seated at his right hand. And so understanding these things leads us to a firm foundation and the ability to speak with clarity and wisdom and nuance and love towards specific issues. And and boldness. Yeah, and, and boldness. Yeah, and boldness. It, it, That's right. We That's don't right. shy away from it, do we? No, we don't. I mean, that's the the wonderful thing is that if we're doing this correctly, people are taking issue with God's words, not our words. Hmm. Now, we, we yeah. don't want to be rude. We don't want to be unloving. We want to speak the truth in love, but we do want to speak with clarity and boldness and certainty because we're resting on this word of God that is true and trustworthy and inerrant. Um, so, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I fully agree, but you know, brother, I've got some Viking blood in me, so I, I, I wouldn't mind taking a sword to a few of them. <laughs> That's right, a little laying on of hands in a different That's thing. it. <laughs> All right, we got to take another time out, brother. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with uh, Pastor uh, Dr. Ryan Rippey, president of Cornerstone Bible College and Seminary, professor of theology. Why does theology matter? Why does, and, and how does it apply to your life daily as you, as you drive in to pick up your kids from school and bring them home, as you drive to work, as you sit there with a mask on and try and get some work done? How does theology matter in your life? That's what we're talking about here tonight on Lifeline. And your calls are appreciated. If you've got a, uh, an anecdote that I'd love to hear from you tonight, I, I really do want to know the difference. If there was a difference between the worship you, you had the week after Easter and the worship you had the day of Easter, just a couple of weeks away, uh, weeks ago. So you don't have to dig into your memory all that much to come up with an answer for that one. Triple eight F O R K F A X. In the meantime, we're going to go see if that rocking chair out there, uh, 
they got accompanied by a lampstand, maybe a, a coffee table or, or two. All right, let's head off to the KFAX Traffic Center. Mr. Michael Bennett, once again, with a look at your commute. And now, back to Lifeline. We are back. It is Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts, who is out. From what I understand, uh, he found a, um, an Italian buffet and just had way too much pasta, and he's still stuck in there. Once we can figure out how to get him through the doors, he'll be back bright and early, I think, uh, Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from, folks. I really don't. It's warped up there. Um, my guest tonight is uh, Pastor Ryan Rippey. He's the president of Cornerstone Bible College and Seminary, also the professor of theology, and that is precisely what we're discussing tonight. And I've been giving out my... Uh, phone number for you to call in and give us your uh, your experience of uh, the Sunday after Easter as opposed to the Sunday of Easter, uh, what kind of differences there were. And, it, you know, Ryan, it dawned on me, um, I, I'm, I, you know, what is it, uh, um, uh, what's his name, told Batman, be mindful of your surroundings. He, you got to be mindful of your surroundings, Bruce. And I forgot I'm, I, I forgot to be mindful of my surroundings. I'm in Northern California, up in the mountains where we still go to church without a mask. Shh, don't tell the governor. And <laughs> I'm thinking, well, I'm probably talking to an awful lot of folks who are still doing church online. And and I, I'm, I'm going to get to that in just a little bit, Ryan. That's going to be part of our conversation tonight. But as we were, as we went to the break, you know, we're talking about theology, how it is highly practical, and why it is uh, very much a key part of our lives in Christ, for for just the average guy or gal going to church, sitting in a pew on a Sunday, it really matters to our daily lives, whether it's cultural, personal, or spiritual. Theology does matter, and really, what we're saying, I think, Ryan, and correct me if I'm wrong. But what we're saying is studying and knowing Jesus, spending time in the Gospels, spending time in the epistles, understanding how Paul and Peter and John saw Jesus, and really getting our eyes fixed on Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, that is proper theology, is it not? Absolutely. You're exactly right. That is the, I mean, Jesus in John 5 said, all the scriptures point to me. He, remember, he was talking to the religious leaders and said, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. It's these that point to me. Yeah. And theology gives us the lens by which to see the glory, the uh, majesty, if I could use some older theologians, the excellencies and perfections of our Savior. Mm. And, and the reason it's so important is because he fits us perfectly. When we're united to him, we have everything we need for life and godliness in him. Uh, this, all of the benefits that Christ uh, procured at the cross that he's given to us, and uh, think of, uh, again, uh, we have the Spirit indwelling us as a down payment and pledge of our inheritance. We have Jesus himself uh, dwelling in our hearts through faith, Ephesians says. We have the Father who is now the one that we can approach and call Abba. And isn't that amazing that the distinctly Christian name for God is Father? It's how the Lord Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven. Uh, 
And think about just this example of theology. So many people, they don't think of their father in heaven as, as uh, you know, they might intellectually understand that he's their father, but in practice, they're comparing him to earthly fathers who are absent or who are abusive or who, even when they're there, they're not there. God is not a father like that. He's a perfect father in heaven, the one that we all desire to have, the one who will uh, never leave us or forsake us, who's given us his very best in his son and in his spirit. And when we're talking these realities, we're talking theology. Mm, yes. It's, uh, you know, I feel like I'm interrupting you, man. You you, you just get on a roll here. And it's, it's like, no, no, don't stop, brother. Don't stop. You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm reminded of a time. Uh, he's retired now, lives in Pennsylvania, I think, somewhere. Uh, in fact, I think we even used to ra- run his radio program on the weekends called Issues Etc. with, with Don Matsett. Pentecostal guy who who uh, embraced uh, the doctrines of, of uh, the the reformed Lutheran positions became a Lutheran pastor and then started hosting this weekend show called Issues Etc. He brought one of his professors on and he told his professor before they started the show uh, I want to talk about faith tonight and he said my professor looked at me he said don i choose to talk about jesus well the mics are open this is how we start the program i'm prepared to do two hours on faith and he says john i want to talk about jesus and don <laughs> says you know he was my professor he's my elder i i have to respect him but i'm confused and i'm caught off guard but okay so off we go and we spend the next hour and a half talking about jesus and towards the end his professor stopped he said now don for the last hour and a half we have been discussing faith and that's right i listened to i i remember that story and i can't help but think that that's exactly what we're doing tonight i want to talk theology but really what we should be talking about is jesus because the more we expose jesus the more we come up with some possible answers to the challenges that we face culturally, personally, and spiritually. Do we not? Absolutely. Not only is he the, you know, all of the realities of the blessings we have in him, but think of his model for us in the Christian life. Uh, think of, we get a glimpse in the Gospels of how the God-man, fully God and fully man, walked on this earth, and how he dealt with the same kind of issues loving sinners. He had a, his reputation was, he was considered a drunkard and a partier because he hung out with prostitutes and tax collectors. Uh, He was attacked by uh, religious leaders and he was uh, critiqued and he, but yet he always spoke with such wisdom. Well, it makes sense because he's the wisdom of God and the power of God. So, yes, I I do feel a bit like I'm hijacking the show and I keep turning to Jesus, but it reminds me of what Paul says in Colossians 1. Think of theology applied to our personal lives in 1, 28, 29. We proclaim him admonishing everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone complete in Christ. Mm. This wedding of theology and the Christian life, they're not at odds. They're two sides of the same coin. Yes, and it's they why are. it's so important to the local church. 
And really, uh, you know, I, I, we, we, we touched on it earlier. We were talking about the Floyd case and the issue of race and how it's just overwhelmed mm-hmm. our culture currently. And I can't help but think of uh, John 4 and the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Here's the here's the theological example. If we are to follow Christ, would that not be a proper theological example to apply to something like that? Well, absolutely. I mean, the Jewish Gentile um, racial issues, or in this case, the Samaritan woman, who was half Jewish and half um, uh, Gentile, was considered less than a dog in the eyes of. Jesus' disciples, I mean, let's be honest, he was teaching them a lesson in doing so. Could salvation even come to such a one as this? Right. And of course, we know the result. She took the gospel back to her family and her community and was radically changed. And we have this incredible theological teaching that worship, the fathers seeking worshipers in that passage, and they're going to worship in spirit and in truth. Right. Everything that we are in our human spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and hemmed in by the truth of the gospel that's found in the Lord Jesus Christ, this new covenant worship. So the place no longer becomes important. It's not Jerusalem or Mount Gerizim. It's now the heart attitude, the right. affections, the motives driving um, the Christian life there. And right. it's rooted in theology teaching about who jesus is and what he came to do and everything we get in him place a bookmark there and we'll pause for station identification paying bills and traffic and all that other stuff my guest is ryan rippy tonight president cornerstone bible college and seminary um you're welcome to join the conversation if you've got questions for Ryan, myself, or again, if you'd like to share your experience of worship the Sunday after Easter as opposed to the Sunday of, if you actually did go to church, 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Right now, Michael Bennett with another look at your commute. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. It is Andy Froyland and for Craig Roberts this evening. And uh, we're talking with Ryan Rippey, good friend of mine, also the president of Cornerstone Bible College. Bible. Oh, you got to use Mr. Tongue and Mr. Lips. Together they form words, Andy. Try it again. President of Cornerstone Bible College and Seminary and the professor of theology. We're talking about theology this evening and why it matters. Just for the average, you know, it's this is a word that most of us tend to think is it's sequestered away and it's for those guys over there. Uh, you know, the ones over there who do seminary and who, who stand in pulpits and preach, you know, the pastors and the professors and maybe, maybe some, some elders and deacons, but that, yeah, that word theology that belongs to those guys over there. It's, uh, you know, I'm just trying to work. I'm the average Joe making a living, taking care of a family. I don't have time for theology. You know what you do? It's necessary. It's essential, as we're finding out tonight. And Ryan, um, you know, uh, in fact, you were talking uh, just a few moments ago, just before the break, about how it matters and and how our lives should affect people. And I was I immediately thought of our guest last night, uh, Pastor Chris Gordon from Escondido uh, United Reformed Church. And his conversation with Rosario Butterfield, 
who was a, mm. a, an ardent activist, lesbian activist, who after spending time with a pastor and his wife, who didn't really ram anything down her throat, just lived out their theology, just loved on her. And it broke her, and she came to faith in Christ. And that is how, that is theology at work, isn't it? And 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 you know, we wanted you. We've talked about race, but now you know, kind of turn a corner a little bit. You know, this is the other one: gender identity. It is in our face these days. How are we to respond to that? Is that not the the, the right way to go about it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the church has not historically had a very good response uh, to that. It, historically, the church has said that particular sin of uh, same-sex attraction or homosexuality or gender identity, that, that it's, it's sort of the worst sin and it cannot be um, dealt with or changed, and these people just need to be booted out of our lives, as it were. And it's interesting right now because it's become such a hot topic in our um, culture and it's it is just sort of uh, everywhere you look now. This is very practical. How do we respond with our children, uh, with um, our coworkers, with our friends when these questions come up? And if we are rooted in theology, and we're rooted in an understanding that our identity is not in those issues, but in Christ and that their greatest need is the gospel, then we can remove it from the political scene, the cultural uh, battle scene, and we can see that they're people to be loved who need Jesus. And uh, Paul, I, I think of Paul again. I mean, 2 Corinthians 5, he said, when I was, uh, before I was a Christian, I, I looked at uh, Christ, Jesus, through my own eyes and thought he was uh, a blasphemer. And yet now I can see through the eyes of Christ, and now I've become all things to all people so that in all ways I might win some. And then he says, I do all things for the sake of the gospel. And so, yeah, this is, it's very tempting to turn this into issues, to battle, to fight. Uh, and, and it's very easy with social media and uh, it not being people that we know per se, but just people on the Internet and uh, people somewhere else to uh, get the uh, torches and pitchforks out, as it were. But if we are um, in our communities, as a church, loving our neighbors, uh, going about making disciples, sharing the good news, we are going to have relationships with people who think differently on these issues, and how are we going to respond? And if we have a deep grounding in um, theology, I, I believe that we're going to respond in speaking the truth in love, sharing the gospel, mm -hmm. telling them of their need for a Savior, that that Christ came to die for sinners. And he mm -hmm. was buried, and he rose again, and he conquered death in the grave, and he offers real life, life as God intended, eternal life to people by grace alone, through faith alone. And mm -hmm. and that good news of the gospel, I mean, we again, it's that is theology. That's the teaching of how someone can be made right with God. And, and that Rosaria Butterfield example is really an excellent example because what they did is they practiced biblical hospitality. Yeah, yeah. And hospitality is theology. <laughs> <laughs> Loving our neighbor and opening our home. 
Oh, now you're just making it too simple, man. You're just making it too simple. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I and I shared the illustration with you a couple of days ago when we kind of talked together about what we were going to talk about tonight. And I, 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 I see this. You know, I, I love martial art movies. Jet Li is, you know, I'm a huge fan of Jet Li. It's my Achilles heel. I'm sorry, but it is. It is what it is. And I, you know, I love those movies. And there's one movie where he's fighting this guy. And he he thrusts his left arm out with his palm open, hand wide open, and thrusts it out. As he does, the guy he's fighting up close turns and looks at the left hand. And Jet Li suddenly comes in with a right and slaps his face. And I, 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 I can't help but think that this is what is going on within the church. We are following the left hand of culture. And the right hand keeps slapping us upside the face. And we are suffering for it because we have lost our theology. Now, I say all that to set up our number two, because we're going to dive into this thing on a more practical church level, spiritually speaking. All right. So uh, we've got to take another quick time out. Top of the hour, we're going to pay some bills, do the station identification thing and all that other fun stuff. Check your traffic once again, and then we'll come back and take a look at theology from the spiritual perspective and how it affects you in the church. And from there, it really does branch out to everything else we've been talking about. So that's what's on tap. Hour number two, triple eight F O R K F A X. If you want to join the conversation, eight 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 five six seven five three two nine. Right now, it is Mr. Michael Bennett once again with a marvelous look at your commute. <laughs> 